The Dog and Do Show is produced by Daimar Productions in association with Studio B Productions. Welcome to Utah's longest running sports podcast. This is Dog and Deuce. Every week we take a deep dive into the Utah Jazz, the Utes, Cougars, Aggies, and everything in between. The Jazz re-sign Mike Conley and pick up Rudy Gay, but have chosen to trade away fan favorite Derek Favors. Plus, there's been a ton of NBA free agency news, the Olympics are in full swing, and Simone Biles competes and medals. We've got all that and a whole lot more coming your way on Dog and Deuce number 375. Join the conversation at dogandeuce.com or send an email to dogandeuce at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to episode 375 of the Dog and Deuce Show. If you want to know more, and I sure hope you do, follow along with the show notes at dogandeuce.com. You can watch this show all weekend long on your television sets on K-Patter TV, or if you're in southern Utah, you can watch on Backcountry TV. And as always, you can listen wherever you get your favorite podcasts. We would love to hear from you. Send us an email to doginduce at gmail.com. I'm Dog. And I'm Deuce. And we are back from summer vacation. How was your your break? You got a couple getaways. Was it fun? Yeah, relaxing. Not very recharging. Tired. And here we go. Right (laughs) into school. Not recharging. That is the worst kind of vacation. They never are, man. I have kids. I got young. Yeah. Like, I mean, true. young kids don't really like to just sit around like I do. That's unfortunately. true. I'm trying to infiltrate that line of thinking, but it's not really working too well for me. That's true. I understand. If you are uh, watching us on YouTube, we appreciate it. YouTube.com slash DD on sports. Uh, make sure to, to like it, uh, subscribe, hit the little bell. So you get all the notifications when we upload, we got a lot of stuff coming up. Uh, in fact, Later this week, we have uh, our annual visit from Phil Steele. He will be here to preview the Ute season, uh, also BYU and Utah State, and tell us what's going to happen in college football. Hopefully, we'll be back to normal. It'll be feeling normal, and no games will be canceled. I mean, my fingers are crossed, because I just remember how crushing it was last year, waiting for Utah to play, waiting, 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 and then it looks like it's going to come. And then it's canceled. And then you wait again for next week, and it's canceled. So I'm hoping that's not going to happen this year. Hopefully we can actually get a full season of college football. Um, that said, man, this Delta variant is pretty – it's it's ripping through the country right now. So let's just make sure everyone – just be safe. Do your part. Wear a mask, and let's, let's get through this so we can have some football, for crying out loud. Um, but so we, we took a couple weeks off. Usually the summer is pretty mellow. And there's not a whole lot to talk about. So we, we usually will take a, a week or two off in the summer to, to enjoy our vacations. But we came back to a ton of news. Uh, first of all, let's jump into the Utah Jazz. So this is a tough one for me because the, the, the Jazz news started out with Derek Favors being traded away again which is, uh, to most Jazz fans, is a bummer. But then we heard that they re-signed Mike Conley which was a goal for the offseason. And then just like literally 10 minutes before we pressed record, they got Rudy Gay. They got their 3 and D guy. Where do you want to start with this? Do you have a preference? Which story do you, you want lead, to go you with? You lead us, man. Lead us to the slaughter. 
That's what you do best. Okay. Let's start with the negative, get it out of the way. Derek Favors. Um, I think most jazz fans understand that it is a business. I think Derek Favors understands that it's a business. Um, understanding it doesn't make it any easier. Derek Favors, I mean, I was hoping he would be our Udonis Haslam. I was hoping he'd be on the bench way after he's done really playing, but still there giving moral support and kind of being the, the, fra- the face of the franchise for, for a little while. I would love that. I think all jazz fans would love that. This, this sucked, man, because I remember last year when the news broke that we're bringing favors back, I was like, it felt like Christmas to me. I was so happy. And so this one is a bummer. When I first heard it, you know, I was bummed. But then I read his comments uh, in the story with Tony Jones and basically saying, like, I thought, you know, I was going to play off the contract here. He just bought a house. He was not expecting at all to be traded. Um, he was actually coming back to Utah uh, and originally it was going to be to watch summer league, you know, as the team shows up and supports, supports the, the young guys playing for, for roster positions. But instead he was coming back to actually pack up his stuff and move. So that was tough for me to read, man, because Derek favors is the most likable human being in the NBA. I cannot think of anyone else who's more likable than him. Uh, and he's given so much to this franchise. I know you were probably on vacation when it broke, but what did you, what were your thoughts? I mean, I've sort of resigned myself to the fact that the jazz roster, if done correctly, is going to look somewhat different next year based on how the season ended. I mean, but having said that, and I think if you go back and listen to our, our episodes from the day we acquired Derek favors, he, and he has been a player that I've liked since he played one year at Georgia tech. Right. And then he came to Utah in that trade and I got to know him as a human and or what I think I know he is as a human and all reports are. And uh, my um, liking for him just went up. Right. Uh, But in the first two games versus the Clippers, he played pretty well. After that, his minutes were used sparingly and he struggled. Now, I don't know if something's wrong or if he's just getting up there in age in the way that, you know, the offense was being ran by the Clippers made him that much it made him insignificant. Let's be honest in that, you know, games three through six, which I didn't like to see. I never liked to see. I mean, probably if you had to ask me in all honesty, Derek favors is probably my favorite player on our team. Like period hands down, like not even close. I mean, I love Donovan and I love Rudy, but I like the way Derek favors plays. I like his attitude. I think that was important. And help. I mean, recognize he's probably one of the highest drafted players the Jazz have ever had on their roster. I think he was three. You know, I mean, so it's it's you don't find number three picks who haven't fallen out of the league who are still there who don't have that. At least in my opinion, sometimes have that sort of attitude or chip on their shoulder because they were a high draft pick and they should be treated differently. There's none of that with Derek Favors, at least that I've ever seen. So I appreciate his contributions and I'm, I am sad to see him go. I think you hit it on best. Like he would have be perfect. And I'm, and I'm sort of shocked that, you know, D Wade with his connection to the Miami heat franchise didn't sort of have that similar thing in mind with him being the Utah jazz as Udonis Haslam. I'd never thought of it like that. So kudos to you. That would have been awesome. Should have been awesome. Uh, but, you know, we're up against the luxury tax. Money's tight, and they're trying to win in this window to make sure Donovan stays in a few years. So it's, he's just, you know, unfortunately one of those situations where 
it just didn't add up for him to stay. Just, and I wish him well in Oklahoma City. Just sucks, man. Like anybody but favors. <laughs> you know, like I don't want I didn't want Joe Ingles to go. I mean, everyone knows. Well, not everyone. But if you've been listening to the show or following on social media, I love Joe Ingles. And I, I you know, I, I, I go I lean in pretty hard in, into the hyperbole on social media uh with joe with my love for joe ingles but um i do love him i would rather joe go than Derek, and i and joe is way more important to the team and it's it's tough to say that because i understand we need to put a a, a team together and w- look would you give up Derek favors to win a championship absolutely of course but it would feel a little bit more hollow if he didn't get to uh partake in in that parade you know because he's just been such a vital part of this organization not just what he does on the floor but just his presence he's always been there and when when you know when we brought him like even in his comments he said you know when he went to new orleans he said it was tough for him but he he's like i had a I had a pretty good feeling that we'd be able to get back to utah that was always his goal and now he's gone and so it's it's a bummer but again it's a business uh his contract he was paid very generously and i think that was you know part of of the respect that the Jazz organization has for him is they paid him probably more than than they should have and more than he deserved. But um, they had to get it off the books, and I get it, and I th- I think everyone gets it, but it doesn't make it that much easier. It's it's just a bummer. He he's build the statue, man. Like just build the statue. Build the statue. I'm all Whoa. about it, dude. Build the statue. Build I love the favor Derek statue. favors, but no statue quite yet for him. No, not. I mean, he's just he's been so important to this franchise. I think you should build the statue. Do it. Do it right now. Do it before he retires. That's what I want to see. Um, so that sucked. But the Jazz were able to re-sign Mike Conley, which was absolutely a priority, especially after Dennis Lindsay uh, stepped away, we'll say in quotes, and Justin Zanuck took the reins. That was definitely a priority, and they managed to do that. They managed to do it for a little bit less, too, than, than was originally rumored, so that's good. Uh, did you see Mike's... Mike Conley's uh, video he posted on social media. I did. I retweeted it. Pretty awesome. That was awesome, dude. That was like, if that's not the most jazz thing I've ever seen, where this team is just like kind of a family. It, it, I love seeing it. So I've been talking to some people uh, who are a little skeptical because of that hamstring issue. And I'm very happy Mike Conley's back, but I kind of understand the concern there. Because that has been a lingering issue for the last couple of years. And it seems to be getting worse. So I don't know, man. If, if you're Justin Zanuck and you want to get Mike Conley back, are you, I mean, how much does that play into what you're willing to spend? I mean, I think it's a legitimate concern. The problem is it's the only way the Jazz even have a chance at being successful. I mean, in all honesty, I don't know the age of Kyle Lowry. Uh, up in Toronto, and I know 36, he's, uh, I, I think, re-signed signed with Miami to form a little team there with Jimmy Butler. I think he's I'm 30, not sure I think he's 36. wouldn't be a better fit, but he's not really an option. And I love Mike, too. I, I need to make that clear when I say this. I think he's a, a little bit younger, right, and had has had less injuries in his history. I love Mike. I'm happy he's back. I love his Instagram video. Although, do you take umbrage with the snide of the missing Joe Ingles in the video? Do you read anything into oh, that? Oh, I, I didn't even notice that. 
Yeah, someone pointed that out far more no. observant than me on Twitter when I was watching, and I don't really make much of it. Or no, but then I start to think about it, and then I'm like, maybe no, no, people, maybe this person's way smarter than me. I don't know. People, I'm gonna have to go back and watch it, but I, I saw it one time, and people are making way they're reading way too much into it because from what I understand, Joe Ingles was pretty instrumental in in Mike wanting to come back. I don't know how true that is, but that's what the sources have said. So. Uh, I, I'm no, you're reading. If, if that's the concern, I think they're reading too much into it. Fair enough. But yeah, I mean, look, his injury history over his stint with the jazz so far is something that needs to be considered in the calculation of what your expectations are for the jazz, whether you like it or not. Um, it is a fact that he has missed time with his hamstring every season he's played here. And it's not a, a few days. It's substantial. And this year it was in the playoffs at the most crucial time. Right. So, I mean, it has to be part of the calculation. And I think it's another reason people say, no, we don't need to solidify our backup point guard. I tend to disagree. I don't know who you can get because I'm not that deep in the numbers. I'm more of, you know, let the front office get who they get and I'll go from there. Uh, You know, I'm not into like crunching the numbers and throwing out trades or whatever. That's not what I do. And I don't think you do that either. But I do think they need a backup point guard. I mean, it is clear to me. Right. What we cannot have is Joe Ingles and Donovan Mitchell, if he goes down for a couple months, manning the point. Because although they can do it successfully in the regular season, the impact is actually on the backside in the playoffs when it really matters. I think you saw that with Joe Ingles. And, you know, I don't want to attribute Donovan Mitchell's injury to him playing point guard, but maybe he can recover easier. Maybe there wasn't much stress, yada, yada, yada. I think it's it's something they need to figure out. Along with, uh, you know, sure, I like Rudy Gay. I remember his days at UConn. He's up there in age, 34. Uh, he's a 3 and D guy. I, I mean, I'd have to look at his stats. I'm not so sure. Well, I have him uh, right here. So what do you want to know? Tell me what. Tell me how he does. What, what are his numbers? Uh, so last year with the Spurs, he averaged 11 points. Um, let's see here. But the real, the the real asset here is that he shot thirty eight percent from three. So I mean that's way up from the year before where, where he shot thirty three. Um, but I mean he's averaging over his career thirty five percent. You know, and that goes back to his early days. Uh, look, this isn't twenty ten Rudy Gay. But before we before we dive into Rudy Gay, I want to know who is saying we don't need a backup point guard. Uh, I'm not going to get into it, uh, but it just, that it, is ridiculous. It, on, man. it is. It is evident to anyone who watched that we sorely need a backup point guard. That, that's why Rudy was essentially taken out of the game at times in playoffs uh, because there's no one who could throw an entry pass to him. And we're seeing it in the Olympics when he does have someone who can throw an entry pass to him. He's pretty damn good. So yeah, seeing the 360 dunk, how did that look? Yeah, wow. exactly. So we looked we, awkward. We got to have I didn't really. I hope he never tries that again. He better not. I only see bad things. That I, I would rather is. him shoot a th- like five three pointers in a game than try that again. For sure. <laughs> For sure. Um, yeah. So that's that's crazy. We, we definitely need a backup point guard. Now, I've heard some people say that we got our backup point guard in Jared Butler. Uh, who is who? Um, the Jazz drafted. 
I don't know how confident I am in in putting that kind of load on a rookie. Well, and I think they re-signed Trent Forrest, right? Uh, if I remember correctly, right off the bat, he was one of their people that they extended. But even with Trent Forrest, who I love and who has a chance to be a, a good, solid backup for 10 years in this league, if you tell me the Jazz are going all in to try to win over the next few years, having a second year or third year or rookie backup point guard, while not impossible, doesn't seem the likely road to success. But what do I know? But plus... Yeah, I mean, you see how uh, veterans, all-stars, future Hall of Famers at times like Paul George struggle in the playoffs, and then we're going to demand Trent Forrest come in and run the point. And Jared Butler. And right. Well, and plus, not only that, but did you see our third string last year in the gar- in garbage time when they would get in? I mean, Tough. I don't I don't want any uh, – I'm not trying to slander Trent Forrest. I think, I think you're right. I think he can be uh, a stable force in the league for, for years to come. But that third string was awful. It was painful to watch. And I understand they didn't have a whole lot of – uh, reps because Quinn Snyder would keep the starters in up until like two minutes left, which is ridiculous. But still, they were painful to watch. Disorganized, disjointed, looked terrible, couldn't shoot, couldn't pass, couldn't dribble, couldn't defend, couldn't do anything. So I'm not sure if if it's a smart move to be putting all of our hopes on Trent Forrest and Jared Butler as our backups. And they might, they may this season develop either one of them may develop into a, a great, capable backup point guard to Mike Conley. And if that's the case, I'm very happy. I'm just not, I am not getting my hopes up for that. That's all I'm saying. So, Surely. I don't know who said we don't need a backup point guard, but they are way wrong. Let me ask you this like, I was sort of on the hope, and I was kind of, I mean, well, I'm grateful that the news didn't break tomorrow that we got Rudy Gay since we're recording today. Yeah, that's that's I usually was really what happens. I was hoping for Nick Batum, and I was hoping somehow that Rudy Gobert could close the deal in Tokyo. I was willing to say, like, we'll see how good of a closer Rudy is. I mean, you're on the French national team with him. You can't, like, obviously he's his own person. I get all this. Don't give me some... Please do not 801-467 sport and tell force like tell me like, well, he's his own man. He's, I understand all that. Nick Batum will make the choice that he thinks is best for him. But I'm hoping, I was hoping that somehow Rudy Gobert could pull out his charm, give a little eye wink, and say, let's go win a title. I mean, you saw how important Nick Batum was to the Clippers last year. True. In the series versus us. I mean, one might argue he was the difference. Let's see here. It looks um, I'm seeing one thing on SB Nation saying that he's back. He's back in L.A. Like he's going back to the Clippers. I don't know. My guess. Here's my guess. And I've heard a lot of people mention Nick Batum and I like it. I I like the name. My guess is he would have he wanted he would have demanded more money than the Jazz want to pay. That's my guess. I don't know. Like you said, like how and and you kind of mentioned it, but how in in the weeds are you with all the contract stuff and the luxury tasks? tax and the MLE and the and the the apron and all that stuff. Not that much. I mean, I'm interested to see who they use their mid-level exception on, but I don't I don't crunch the numbers. I don't Google the trade the trade dude thing that you can do where you put right. names in and it tells you, yeah, I've never done that. And I'm never going to do that. Because that's just not like I mean, 
I could spend hours on that. I already have enough issues with going down <laughs> right, rabbit holes. Right. Okay. Like I do have to like somehow have a little self-discipline, but look, I mean, so far so good. I think they need another piece, you know, now with favors gone, can, um, Doki, can he, Yudoki, can he, can he be the backup center? I don't know. I mean, he- I, I don't know that you've, while I like the signing of Rudy Gay and you've addressed one part, you've sort of opened up yourself in other ways, right? And this is the hard part of filling in a roster where you have to mix and match and find the right minutes. I mean, what? Our rookie from Kansas last year, did he even play a minute in the NBA? If it was, it was under 10. Right. Because he was hurt for a lot of last year. Right. So, I I mean, the team probably knows what they think they have, but I have no idea. It's really hard to analyze someone who never sets foot on the floor, and I didn't go to any Stars games or whatever the team's called nowadays. But... Look, it's it's trended in the right direction. If you're a Jazz fan, I mean, one question that was answered is that Ryan Smith is willing to pay a grip load of cash to be successful, right? Which has to be positive. Um, we'll see how it plays out. I mean, I don't I don't think they're done. And you know, as it sits today, signing Mike Connolly and 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 or re-signing Mike Connolly and signing Rudy Gay, I'll give him a B. I'm not sure how much, honestly, that changes especially with the Lakers signing Russell Westbrook, you know, Lowry going to Miami. I mean, the league's getting pretty intense and, and time will tell. Yeah. uh, I agree. I think the jazz are worse than they were. I mean, I I'm really happy. We have Rudy Gay. I like the three and D I'm really happy that they signed him. They've had their eye on him. There were reports that the Celtics might go after him. Like, so he, he was in demand, uh, I liked the contract. I think it was two years, $12 million. But here's the here's the weird thing. And I know people get really bent out of shape about this. There's a player option on the second year. And I'm, whatever, I'm fine. Like, people get really pissed about giving players options, which is very strange to me. But um, that's fine. I like the contract. I, li- I like the 3&D guy. Um, but yeah, I, I think the Jazz, they, they still don't have any, someone to back up Rudy. You know, favors is gone, and I understand you needed to get that money off the books. But what do you, you know, you're putting a lot of pressure on Azabuki to come back from that horrific injury he suffered, and to actually, you know, play some serious minutes right off the bat. Because uh, I assume that's what they're going to do, unless they're going to make another move. I don't know. Um, before we before we started recording, and before the the news of Rudy Gay broke, I wrote down here's what we needed: we need a backup point guard which we discussed, a wing defender, which I think Rudy Gay is definitely going to help with that, um, and a backup center. So we got one of those things taken care of. And and I'm not sure if it makes up for Derek Favors, because Derek Favors was not great last year, but he was he did what we needed him to do. He wasn't good. He didn't perform like, like we're used to seeing him perform in a jazz uniform, but he did what he needed to do, which was come in for 15 minutes, back up Rudy, um, and, and, and just like not allow the team to go on a run. And he was pretty good. I would say he gave us maybe three or four wins, maybe five wins with him on the floor. He's gone now. So I think we are are worse than we were. Not to mention, I don't I still don't think Boyan is a uh, a true power forward at all. So you're putting a lot of pressure on that. So we we got to solidify that backup center spot. We just we have to. Well, in a way though, Boyan, I mean, look, as long as he's willing to defend the perimeter, 
he doesn't even have to get deep like he was doing versus Kawhi Leonard in the playoffs, which he did do pretty admirably, in my opinion, at least for the first two games. Um, you know, as long as he's willing to challenge three pointers in the NBA, as we imagine teams will especially attack us in the playoffs, then we should be okay. Here's my question, and it's something to think about. And again, this isn't Quinn Snyder slander. This is a legitimate question. Didn't we sort of have this set up when we had Jeff Green? Yeah. This, I mean, we had this set up, like, to Dennis Lindsay's credit. And Jeff Green didn't pan out for what? The question I'll never know, especially after seeing the Jeff Green run with the Nets (laughs) in the playoffs this year, is why did Jeff Green look like he was so washed? When he I was with know. Utah, he looked washed. And it wasn't even that because he was actually good with Houston, too, when he played for Houston after leaving here. Right. So I don't but know. Why did he look so washed here? I have no idea. I don't know if it's a uh, I don't think it's I don't think you can, you know, just blame it on coaching at all. I, I don't know what it is. At I mean, all. neither. That's the question. I'll never know. I mean, it is there is. And, and, I, and I said this isn't Quinn Snyder slander. I want to be clear, but there's something. <laughs> something when he goes whatever it is he didn't like it here i mean he didn't like it here he didn't like playing with the jazz quinn couldn't figure it out because we had such a different lineup then i mean let's be honest we didn't have boy on you know joe ingles was born not he was about to be the joe ingles we right. knew maybe not quite as good as he was over the past few seasons but it just seems weird that jeff green offered that and offered it well to houston and brooklyn not so well in utah yeah, I agree. Um, like so, I, I, I mean, we'll see with Rudy Gay. I don't know. I, I really don't know. It's interesting. I thought Jeff Green would be. I thought he was really the exact piece the Jazz needed in that time and place, and he turned out to not play well here. Maybe he didn't like it here. Maybe there. I don't know. I'm it, not even going to speculate. It, it could be the, the system. Situation was. It could be the system. Like it could be. Like you think about this, in Houston and in Brooklyn, he was playing with guys who were ball dominant. So he didn't need to be as as much of an integral part of the system. He would get the ball when James Harden decided to pass it or when Kevin Durant decides to pass it, you know, like which is not very often. So that could be a part of it as well is that the system here is is more team centric uh, and, and that could be it. Maybe he just didn't fit in. Who knows? I don't know. Very interesting. Um, OK, is that all the jazz news? Is there anything Ooh. else we missed that I mean, we need to talk about? Do you see anything coming? You want to make any predictions? I don't know, man. I don't know. I, uh, I, I mean, I, I seem. I. It seems like, and this just happened, but I feel like I'm more happy about Rudy Gay than most people. When I actually first heard the rumor that they were interested in him, I wasn't so sure. But now that we got our three and D guy and we got it for a pretty good deal, I'm. I'm pretty happy with it. I'll take it. Like I, I yeah, Nick Batum would have been nice, but. I think it would have been too much money. I don't know how realistic that is. So I'm I'm thrilled with it. Yeah, I mean their draft night was interesting. Moving down, um, we'll see. I mean, oh. I, I think they gotta add a couple pieces. No, they have to. I mean, that's the thing. They they still have to. Um, let's like ta- drafts to me are like uh, college recruiting. Unless you have like a top seven pick, yeah, I'll always watch and pay attention. But I mean, let's be honest, like. Do you remember what they said about Donovan Mitchell? Yes. When we drafted him, really good defender, average offense, and that's just yeah, nothing. N- that's not what we think of, of Donovan Mitchell as a lockdown right. defender. He can, right? but that's what they were hoping for of him in his first few years, and he's turned it out. Same with Rudy. 
on draft day, I didn't know anything about Rudy Gobert. Now that may be my own lack of education. I briefly had heard him. I'd seen the funny looking pictures with glasses on a seven footer, but I didn't know what he could possibly be. And it, and it's the same thing to me with like a five star. Like, yeah, he's probably going to be good, but I don't know for sure. I guess I'll have to wait and see till he dons a uniform. That's kind of how I deal with all drafts. Yeah. I didn't watch a second of the draft. I don't care. Like I, I'm not, I'm just, it's probably irresponsible because we do a sports show, but I just, <laughs> I, I, I do not care at all about the draft. Um, it doesn't interest me. I don't know enough of the players to really be zoned in. Uh, other than, like you said, the first couple picks, I'm down. You know, I'll, I'll pay attention to that. But after that, I don't, I don't care. But we do got to mention the meltdown that Jazz Nation had after uh, we traded away the 30th pick. Just the absolute meltdown. And then they got their guy anyway. Pretty cool. Some kind of special. That's some kind of special. Um, we, we should mention that Jared Butler will not be playing in the summer league. And it is not because of the heart issue, not because of the knee issue. It is because of, it's a procedural issue, I guess, where the trade that, that allowed Memphis to trade uh, the pick to us was not, is, has not officially been approved by the NBA. So there's a whole lot going on, a lot of wheels in motion, but it's just a procedural thing, a formality thing. Um, but it's not because he's not healthy, which is good news. Cause that is, I mean, that is the question mark on him. That's why he fell to 40. Otherwise, I don't know, top 15, top 20 pick at least, I would say. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's a good draft. You know, we'll see. Time will tell. Yeah, time will Heart tell. Heart issues are weird. Scary. I think they're scary. Okay, let's run through a couple other free agent uh, signings and re-signings and all that stuff. Um, obviously, the big one, Chris Paul, he opted out and then signed for $120 million in four years. Uh so that means he'll be making $30 million when he's 40 years old. Now, I don't know how much is left in the tank because towards the end of the finals, he was not looking great. He was not looking like the guy that got them to where they were. And that could just be it was a grind of a season and they they required, they they demanded that he uh, shoulder a huge load in getting them to where they were. And so maybe those old legs were just kind of tired at the end but I don't know man I don't know how much is left in the tank that's a huge contract and you remember his last one was a huge contract too and everyone was like that's insane and it's remember it was the immovable contract and then it moved twice <laughs> so we'll see what happens I don't know what did you what did you think about that signing that re-signing I mean look I feel like the Suns were sort of in the same but worse situation than as the Jazz you know I mean they're very similar like look whether you like it or not, Chris Paul was hurt multiple times in the playoffs. True. And he missed some games via COVID. I mean, he's, we're worried about Mike's age and injury history. Chris Paul's two or th- by the time the season started, I think he'll be three years older. Right. Right. And look, he played awesome. I'm not trying to downgrade it. Uh, it will be the most thing. And, and so, yeah, good job. I mean, I don't know who else they could have got to fill that void. You know, I mean, I sort of expected it. I was kind of shocked that he would back out of his previous contract. Right. Just because that's a lot of cash. But what do I know? You can make $120 million until you're 40. Go for it. Yeah, and try and run it back to the finals again. You know, might as well do it. Um, another one, obviously, Jimmy Butler re-signed, re-signed an extension. Four years, $184 million. Trey Young 
Max extension, five years, $207 million. I mean, this is monopoly money at this point. This is ridiculous. I can't even fathom that much money. Uh, the big move, though, was Kyle Lowry going to Miami. He is, I think, 36 years old. We should mention, we talked about Derek Favors and how it looked like he may have, uh, you know, lost a step or two. Derek Favors just turned 30. Yeah. Is that crazy? It is. That is insane to me. He just turned 30, but still a lot of miles on, on those tires. So, um, Lonzo Ball goes to Chicago. Here's one. Maybe I didn't watch enough Miami Heat basketball, but Duncan Robinson got $90 million for five years. Duncan Robinson. buddy. Don't you listen to David Locke? Straight threes. I mean, James, why aren't you in the NBA? I've seen you hit three after three after three. Because I'm like eight inches shorter. (laughs) Yeah, but... And way older and way more out of shape than these dudes. Well, why weren't you 10 years ago? Because I've seen you hit three. If if all you need to do is just be able to shoot it, you can shoot it. Yeah, I mean, I like that signing. That dude is fire from the three line, and he's coming to his own. It, it, I mean, this is the thing where if you're an average human, and I don't begrudge anyone getting paid, I need to be clear, but these salaries, I mean, I don't know how many times like it are so astronomical for – I mean, look, Duncan Robinson, good NBA player, very good three-point shooter, pretty good at defense. You know, uh, ninety million. You know, that's it. It's pretty wild that even the second or third-tier players, you know, they're going to have unlimited wealth for the future of their family if they play their cards right. It's true. It's it's ninety million. Crazy. I didn't I didn't see that one. That's a lot of money for Duncan Robinson. It is. Uh, PJ, Tuck- I like the Rudy Gay signing better. I do too. Much better. Uh, PJ Tucker also goes to Miami. Miami's just stacking, man. They're they're stacking. I think right he now. went to Milwaukee. I thought. Uh, no, he was in Milwaukee last year. Let's see. I just saw it and I scrolled away. PJ Tucker, Miami Heat, two years, fifteen million dollars. Wow. So I'm trying to think who else signed in Miami. I think that's about uh, Gabe Vincent. I don't know who that is. So yeah. Anyway, there's a lot that's going on, but it's not. It's this isn't like years past where it's like, what's KD gonna do? What's LeBron gonna do? This is just like most people are just staying pat. You know, the big names are just staying where they're at. You missed the biggest one, the best one. Which Russell one? Westbrook, my uh, dude. Well, that wasn't a sign. That wasn't Lakers, free. Man. You're right. That wasn't a free agency. Bookmark it. Lakers that, are champs. Well, dude, I mean, they, what do they, other than the big three, which is a huge asset. Don't get me wrong. That's, it's huge. Like having LeBron James, Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook. That's huge. But they don't have anyone off the bench now. They don't have any depth whatsoever. So, and they don't have shooting. That's the thing. They don't have shooting. So what are they going to do? I mean, that's a tough, they are really, really kind of, they gambled on this one and only time will tell. I would, I would, I'm, I tend to agree with you. I would put my money on the Lakers to win it. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, they need, well, they're going to sign. It says here, Trevor Ariza, Kent Bazemore and Wayne Ellington. Okay. Well, there you go. Here's the thing. The reason I believe it will work and I think like they're going to be really good. I need to be clear. The reason I think it will work is literally even when when Russell Westbrook is on the floor with LeBron James, he's going to think he's the better player. <laughs> yeah, true. And in a way, that's kind of what you need when you're with LeBron James in a number two. I don't think Anthony Davis feels that way. No. But in a way, that's kind of what you need. If you look with Kyrie Irving, you don't want crazy internal clashing 
But that takes an immense amount of pressure off LeBron James just to be LeBron James. Just to have someone have the confidence to say, I, I got it, you know? And I, I How many agree. times in his career do you think LeBron James has been down the floor and not touched the ball? It's not unfathomable he can go three possessions and not touch the ball on offense with Russell Westbrook bringing it up. Well, and I, w- I would argue that last <laughs> year crazy. they probably like, they probably could have won the title if, uh, other than the Anthony Davis injury, obviously, if they had deferred to LeBron James more often. They went to yeah. Anthony Davis way too much. You have LeBron James, Space Jam 2, right there. Oh, man. Right there. And it's just, and I understand he's old. I get it. But he's clearly the better player. He's clearly the best player in the world still. So I don't I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me, but I'm not coaching. I think it'll be a benefit, like, honestly. I think it will like, be. To have someone who's willing to take that kind of pressure and not care. It'll Agreed. be, I mean, I think it'll look chaotic. It will. I don't think it's going to be pleasing to the eye. But, dude, rings, it doesn't matter if you put a ring on your finger, does it? True. Like, doesn't. <laughs> um, okay, running short on time. Let's uh, before we jump into Olympic talk, Nate the Hemorrhoid, he left us a voicemail. He's very upset with me. Mm. Hey, dudes. Uh, I'm just going to start off by answering the biggest question you posed last show and part of my language. But damn, dog, you never, ever, ever root against the Stars and Stripes. I'm practically a socialist and even I hate seeing Team USA lose in anything. I don't care if it's badminton, curling, anything. If we lose, then I feel I lost as well. So, no, I'm not even in the same ballpark as you. And you're always trying to revoke our sports card when it doesn't pain us to see our favorite teams lose sometimes. But I think it's time that we actually revoke your USA citizenship card. Because how dare you say such things? You can be mad about politics, you can hate politicians, you can have different views of democracy, but you never, ever say you're happy when the U.S. loses in any sporting event. So I'm going to prop, give props to Deuce because he reacted the best way possible, and if he didn't slap you in the face, then pretty sure a slap is coming your way for sure. But happy when the U.S. loses? How dare you, sir? Oh, my God. And the fact that you've never seen Space Jam, the original? Like, were you just born an evil person and you just (laughs) skipped the whole part of growing up and enjoying life as a kid? Because I'm not even sure if I even know you anymore, man. How dare you put me in this position to agree with Deuce as much as you just made me. I'm so angry. Just so, so disappointed. I can't even find any love to sign off now. So hemorrhoid out. Damn, dude. I got roasted. That's your boy, dude. And he's coming in hard. I got roasted there. Look, Nate the Hemorrhoid, if you're new to the show, Nate the Hemorrhoid, great friend of the show. He calls up uh, our voicemail line, 801-477-7678. That's 801-47-SPORT. We encourage everyone else to do it as well. Um, He calls up all the time, and he's usually taking umbrage with something one of us said, but it's usually you, I'd say. But man, I've never heard him that mad, ever. As long as I've known him, and as long as he's been calling the show, I've never heard him that mad. And I'm just going to say this, all right? It's not that I was happy that the USA lost. I was happy Joe Ingles won. And it was an exhibition game. Now, we got another, we got a rematch coming up. Semantics. You know what I'm going to be doing? 
This is a big announcement. You got your boomer shirt on. You got the little the little kangaroo on your bat and on your couch next to you that you're going to be cuddling. Dude, Joe Ingles is better than America. I'm just going to say it right now. Joe Ingles is better than America, and I will be rooting for Joe Ingles uh, come hell or high water and the boomers because that happens to be the team he's playing for. So call me whatever you want. Call me a, a pinko, commie, snowflake, socialist, Whatever, whatever, throw it, throw it all at me. I don't care. I'm, I'm rooting for Joe Ingles. I mean, here's the thing. You're lo- it, uh, you can do whatever. It's just the worst logic I've ever heard. My five-year-old spit better logic than you do when you're talking about why you're rooting for him. You don't know Joe Ingles. Never shook the man's hand. No, I Has shook Rudy's hand. Has he bought you a cup of coffee? No. No, none of these things. None of these things. I... There's only one common bond you have here, man. Utah Jazz. It's where you were born. Yes. Utah Jazz. No, no. no there's one common bond no. that you have. I was born in Utah. I'm a jazz fan. I'm a jazz fan first. You have no bond with Joe Ingles. You do with every person who puts on the US of A. No, I don't. You have zero bonds with Joe Ingles. You can I have, zero- have that be a figment of your imagination, as we like to say in the world. That could be a figment that you guys are bros and he hangs out with you and whatever. <laughs> what? But you, there's only one team. <laughs> On that floor that you have a legitimate connection with, it's called your United States passport, dude. It is just very say, bro. It's very hard for me to root for Kevin Durant. I mean, I will do it in, in any other game. I'll do it. I just I love any Joe other game. It's the goddamn semifinals, bro. <laughs> what are you talking about? In fact, the fact that you haven't come around it makes me more frustrated. I get your maybe. I disagree with it. I think it's foolish. It's illogical. And like fairyland, pretty soon you're going to start telling me you believe in God or something. Because I know that's a hard <laughs> Let's one. Let's not go crazy. Like, like the next thing I know, like the exhibition, okay, I get over. Now we're talking semifinals, man. We're not talking practice. Oh, my God. We're talking Dude. semifinals. Allen Iverson, woo. You can't tell me you like Allen Iverson and tell me you're taking this perspective. If Allen Iverson. Put it on the line. If AI came back, put on the, the USA jersey, that might get me to. Root against it's Joe conceptual, Ingles. bro. It's conceptual. Exact, that's it's exactly not, my not. point. Exactly my point. I watch, Did you watch the game last night? You watched the Spain-USA no. game? No. Very Dude, I'm not staying up game. late for that. I just, Very interesting game. Glad the USA pulled it out. Ricky Rubio, maybe we should bring him back. He looked phenomenal. I think he had like 38 points. Like, honestly, dude, as a backup point guard? I mean, I yeah. don't know what the contract, and this is the thing, this is where kind of we fall short, or I fall short, I, I will say. I don't know what the contract is. I don't care. I'm a fan, and I just want to, like, dream. Because you're going to get all the Twitter nerds being like, actually, with this contract, you couldn't quite do that. And But I don't care about that. I just want, I, I would love to have R- Ricky Rubio back. He was, I, I feel like, I understand on the floor we didn't lose anything, but in the locker room, I feel like we lost a lot when he left. Because I think he kind of was instrumental, he and Joe Ingles, in building the culture of the Utah Jazz. So I think that uh, bringing him back as a backup uh, in my dream scenario, I would love that very much. Yeah, he played awesome last night. And look, Draymond and Kevin Durant, I, I love Draymond Green. I know He's you the do. the soul of the USA team. Like he go, the USA will go as he goes. Well, that's the problem. I don't think he's even missed a shot yet. I think he's like eight for eight in the Olympics. He's only taken eight shots, but he's made all eight. <laughs> there and you go. Kevin Durant, look, I make... I. <laughs> I take umbrage with some of the things Kevin Durant does, like burner phones, et cetera, et cetera. There's the list of him, you know, popping off for being one of the best players in the world. This kind of 
funny. Uh, Are you talking about his uh, his he fake cares. his fake tough guy persona that he puts on all but the time? But he cares. I mean, dude, like the, here's the thing, and this is kind of how I view it, and it's interesting to me is like, man, if you want to be one of the best players ever, ever in the history of the game, and you put on the stars and stripes, you put on the USA, you have to care. What true. made the Dream Team awesome is that they cared. That, that is absolutely Dream true. Team too awesome is that they cared. When we won bronze, it didn't seem like we cared. No. Right? Like, And that's what bugs me more than anything. And here's the three players that I – they all care. But I see Devin Booker. Like, God dang it, man. I got to give props to Devin Booker. I watched him last night. He cared. He's diving on the floor. He's trying to play defense. The real question is if Team USA decides to play defense from the opening jump, I mean, they were behind last night to Spain. Uh, it shouldn't be close. But shouldn't Australia's be. rolling. We'll see. I'm glad to know where the lines are. Keep alienating, you know, our I, supporters. Dude, I'm a jazz. I know Joe Ingles ain't listening. I'm a, so I don't know what you're getting out of. I'm a jazz fan first and foremost. And what? Joe, what? Sorry. Are I'm, you, you're I know. Like, Here's you're the thing. rooting for like, are you one of those people who's like, man, I hope this year versus Utah, um, Samson Nakua has. 10 receptions and two <laughs> no, touchdowns, dude. but the Utes win by a field goal at the end. It's some absurd dude, perspective like that. As as, uh, as as hardcore of a Ute fan as I am, if Joe Ingles were to go play at BYU, I would have a very hard time. I would still be rooting for the Utes, but I would have a very hard – I'd be torn. I'd be torn. I mean, dude, I think uh, – I'm worried that no one's ever going to believe anything you say because this is the I don't worst care. logic I've ever. What is this? I don't care, even mean? dude. It's so fun. It's so fun, and I know I'm not the only one because I, I put it out there on Twitter. I asked, you know, were, were you rooting for Australia or the USA? And a lot of people are like, Jazz first, Jazz first. And, and I I'm need like, to be clear, like, so just so you know, like in my house, and I've been on vacation. The minute I get up. If I'm cooking, like, so I was on vacation, so I was cooking breakfast, like ham and eggs or bacon and eggs for my children. The first thing that goes on is the Olympics. So I, I've, I've watched every possible thing there is. Like, let's, this is, let's talk about that because I actually, I've been trying. I was on vacation and, you know, I was at a family member's house. I was at my dad's house and, you know, it just wasn't on and we were kind of distracted and we we're in the pool and doing all this stuff. So um, we didn't watch it a whole lot. I've come back home and I, I turn it on, but... For some reason, I can't figure it out. Usually, I'm very engaged in the Olympics, and I watch everything I can, like you do. Uh, but this this year, I, it's not connecting with me as much, and I don't quite understand why. Part of it, I think, is because a lot of what we're getting here isn't live. So I think I'm kind of losing something there. A lot like the uh, the Michaela Skinner. I already knew she. I already knew she took silver by the time they aired the thing here. You know, so that's part of it. But I don't know what it is. I'm just not quite as engaged. And I'm trying. It's not for the lack of trying, but I can't figure it out. Oh, man. Here's the thing. I, the reason I don't understand why people don't like the Olympics, forgetting your country, like literally it is the history of mankind. Exactly. It is literally the evolution of mankind. So like I watched the 5,000 meter steeplechase and it was the first time Morocco had got a gold medal. I found that invigorating. Right. It was awesome. Right. I like, I need to be clear. Like right now, beach volleyball, Qatar, granted their players are from Africa, which is a different story for an Olympic show. They're not actually weren't native born. Um, 
beat the USA. That's my team in men's beach volleyball. I want them to win gold. I don't think they will, but that's who I'm rooting for. So like this whole, I, I mean, that's the concept to me. Like I, I think agree it's a, that I don't understand with your Joe Ingles fanboyness is that it's okay to root for other squads just as long as the uh, United States of America is not the oppo- opposition. Look, I'm that's not, kind of what the Olympics are. I'm not going mean, to be did bummed. You see the Norway dude in the 400 hurdles, 45 seconds, 0.9, bonkers. I felt so bad for the American 46.17, which three weeks ago would have been a world record. And he gets the silver. I mean, I love this. This is entertainment that you can't even write. And, and there's also, I like that it's every four years, you know, and we've talked over the years on this, like whether you like the winter or summer games and most people like the summer. I like the winter personally, but, uh, it makes it more of an event. Like it's really cool. And like you said, it's the history of human civilization. Essentially it's, it's so cool. And it, and it, it all accumulates like, this is why years ago when we were given our takes about Rondo and YouTube, people on YouTube just absolutely crucified us, but we were criticizing him because he didn't want to play in the Olympic games. And I understand a lot of players don't, I still don't think that's right. I think you should want to play. I, how could you say you're the best in the world if you don't go out there and prove it? Like an NBA championship, you could say world champions, but not really. Like go out there and prove that you're a gold medalist, the best in the world, an Olympic champion, a world champion. That's what you do. And I, I to me, there is no other height in sports that anyone can reach other than Olympic gold. I mean, yeah, you're no matter what, if you got an Olympic gold in your hand, you're it's you are there are less people who have Olympic golds than NBA titles. That's just a fact, I would guess. Even though it's been going on for longer, I would think that's true because you you pick up numbers in the three years that the Olympics aren't played while the NBA titles played every year. Good point. Right? Yeah, very so, cool. I mean, I love it. And I I, I am totally engaged. Much to the dismay Good. of my I mean, and I, I guess this is just the way I grew up. Like, cause like yeah, I'd still go swimming when I was on vacation, but when I'd come back, the TV better be on the Olympics. Like, I don't <laughs> right, want to be right. Like, you know, like right. literally, I turn it on, and if I go to work, obviously, I'm not watching it here when I'm at home. But dude, if I'm on a Saturday, six five three, yeah. I wake up, get my well, coffee, play, and that's what I roll. Here's the best part: you don't, you can it, it, like we have Comcast here, and I'm not a big Comcast fan, <laughs> and I don't think many people are. But you can just pick whatever. Like they they have all of the events. If everything, they got ping pong, they got fencing, they got uh, the the BMX, they have skateboarding, they have surfing, they have everything. And some of these these sports, I didn't even know were a thing. And you never would know unless you can do it. So that, I think that's what's really cool is there's no excuse not to watch it now. Love it. it it's I great. I can watch it all day. And uh, I do. Seven available. Seven minutes left. We, we got to talk about Simone Biles. We're not, you know, we'll, we're not going to talk about because we missed the whole controversy. I'll say in quotes, controversy surrounding her kind of bowing out to a lot of events. Um, a lot of idiots said a lot of really stupid things about it, uh, which is just shows a complete lack of empathy and compassion. And as far as I'm concerned, let's not get into that, but she did compete and she did bronze. So for her to come back and do that, I think is pretty cool. And it's pretty cool that she was able to take some time out to get her head right and make sure that she's, that she's feeling good and in a, in a spot good enough in order to compete. Yeah, I mean, and let's be honest, if you're just looking at purely from a Utah perspective, you have to be 
not happy that Simone Biles was struggling, but it presented an opportunity for Michaela Skinner to get in there and win a silver. Very right? cool story. And she was this. I mean, she could have won gold in all honesty, if she had performed, I think to her standards, not me judging. Right. I think if she had met her standards, she probably would have won gold. Um, well, she and that's awesome. She didn't get the, the right, how long this has been her dream. That's a significant accomplishment for a youth. I mean, imagine that like you are so close to achieving your dream. You don't qualify. Uh, so it doesn't look like it's going to happen. And then by some miracle, you actually get a chance and you go out there and you, and you, I mean, it's not gold, but it's silver. You're an Olympic medalist. Just that is, that's a cool story. I mean, being yeah. this close to just being done and you get that second chance and you make the most of it. That's incredible. You know what, really? And I'm going to, I think we do need to, I know we're running late, but I think we do have to discuss the Simone Biles. I mean, I think with, with what's happened in tennis with Naomi and now Simone Biles, I mean, I want to point out that minority women are leading the charge in what mental health means to athletes which I think is a very extremely important to point out and uh, say that like, look, man, if the stuff that they're doing, it's hard for me to even comprehend how dangerous that is. It, right. I see it and I know it's dangerous, but I don't know the intricacies at the peak where it's like, Oh, she's in trouble. I can't say that. Right. Unless it's blatantly obvious. Right. You know? So man, to ask someone to do a reverse double back, Pike 180 weird twist. I don't even know the words uh, when they're not all mentally there. Not only is it selfish, it's foolish. It's Agreed. stupid. Agreed. You know, like the the results can only be tragic. And while look, I mean, I am sort of I, I mean, it's the next generation who's really going to change this to me. I was sort of like, man, can't she just do the one that she knows she can do? Because. I felt bad for her teammates, but I totally understood. I want to be clear. Absolutely. I have no problem with her doing it, but that doesn't mean that I didn't feel bad for her teammates, even though they only they got silver, which is still an accomplishment in and of itself. But I'm proud of her for holding to her guns and coming back when she, the time was right for her. I agree. And I uh, forgive me, I'm spacing on the name, but there was uh, in the event that uh, Michaela Skinner won, there was another uh, U.S gymnast and she just she, when she was running to the vault she her, her steps got messed up and so she did not it was just an, a disaster and um not only was it a disaster i mean she's disqualified essentially because she'll never get a, a good enough score and then not only is she in one of her most heartbreaking moments of her entire life there's a camera right there in her face like you could see the tears coming out of her eyes that's the kind of pressure these athletes are under they have to have they have to sit there when they're warming up, getting ready, getting ready for the starting gun, the metaphorical starting gun. They have to have cameras in their face at every second. That's the kind of pressure they're going through. So for anyone to sit there and say it was cowardly for Simone Biles to opt out of competing or that she's not tough enough, you're an idiot. You, that there's no other way to say it. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. The pressure these people face every day is nothing we will ever experience. Ever. Like, you know that your, your joy or your heartbreak is going to be under a microscope, the, the most powerful microscope ever, and the entire world is going to watch it. And that's, doesn't even, uh, that's not even going into what you mentioned about the danger involved with what these gymnasts are doing. Like, it, it is, for me, for her to actually say, you know what, I know I'm going to let a lot of people down, but this is something I have to do. That is more courageous than 
anything these other people will do. Like you getting up there on a radio show and a platform and, and calling her a coward and all this stuff, that's not, that doesn't take any courage at all. You're, you're just a troll. You're, you're, you're an idiot. But for her to do what she did, I thought was very courageous. And how many kids out there in any sport are watching her and they want to be like her and they say, you know what? It's okay to say I'm not okay. I think that's important. Yeah. It's powerful. It is. And, and, and like when we were watching it before she even quit, like I was hanging out with my nephew. And honestly, you could tell, in my opinion, that she was sort of not all there mentally. Like it seemed like she was right. struggling in a way even before the vault that it seemed noticeable to me. She, she Something wasn't right, in my opinion, uh, or at least for the expectations that Simone Biles has set for herself by her performances in the past. Let me say that. She wasn't meeting her standard, right, which is right. the goat of all goat standards. As a, like, We were sitting there, and you could tell she wasn't doing as well as she wanted by her own reaction, yet she was still number one. And I was sitting there with my nephew, and he's like, how is that possible? And I'm like, because what she's trying is so significantly more difficult than the best gymnast in the world. She has more room for error. Yep. Like recognize that. Exactly. She can give a, a seven out of 10 and still win the gold. Well, they got to give a 10 out of 10 because it's because it's, her tricks and her routines are so much more significant. Um, she owed nothing to anyone except her teammates. And if they were good with it, which I obviously they were, then she's good to go. Agree. And all these, and you don't know what's going on. I mean, recognize there's the abuse scandal of a team USA with which she was part of she's given more to USA gymnastics than anyone could humanly ask yep and if she step away for a moment to clear her head and come back and knock out a bronze in the beam I'm all for it agreed well said that is going to end the show good way to end it way to go James uh, closing remarks outstanding knocked it out of the park uh, that's going to do it for episode 375, Phil Steele. That show is coming up later this week, so stay tuned to that. Head over to YouTube, youtube.com slash ddonsports. Give us a like, subscribe, all that good YouTube stuff, and we'll see if we can actually build a channel, which is very difficult to do. Who'd have thought? Um, and in the meantime, we want to know what you think of the show or anything going on in your life for the world of sports. Send us an email to dogandduce at gmail.com. I'm Dog. And I'm Deuce. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for making us a part of your day. Subscribe to our YouTube channel for extra content. Find us at youtube.com slash DD on sports. This has been a Studio B production.